On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Ryan, your music connoisseur. As Anthony mentioned at the top of the month, we are so excited to be joining the Pantheon Podcast Network. And we're celebrating this new partnership by running down our favorite episodes throughout the month of August. This week, we're bringing you one of my favorite episodes, where we bring on the legend, squire, enigma, Mr. John Moses himself, where we speak about Bradford Reed's What's Good for the Goose is Good album, really a modern-day ambient masterpiece. We had a lot of fun stepping outside our comfort zone on this one in terms of the music, and as many listeners know, John is always a delight. In the words of Brian Eno, he's on the menu, on the table, he's the knife, and he's the waiter. It also features one of my favorite drinks that Pedro came up with, the Pensalina, which is also named after the instrument that Bradford designed to make many of the songs on the album. Truly a great episode, one I'm very proud of and excited to reshare with you all. For those who haven't heard, we're excited to bring it to you. Cheers. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I write a column for Atwood Magazine every other week of the same name, but I quickly found that drinking alone is a sad, sad misery business. So I invited a couple of friends into the recording booth to help me make drinks and discuss the music we love, and here they are. I am Ryan, the music connoisseur and auditory snorkeler. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I'm Pedro, your mixologist. (laughs) Way to to steal the show already, Ryan. Nah. I was really wondering when you would come up with something new. (laughs) It'll change. It'll keep changing. We still got to set that up on our Patreon that doesn't exist. (laughs) Our guest is the co-owner of Young Bloods, a record label operating in New York City and L.A. He's also a late-night DJ at KCRW here in Los Angeles and Resonance Extra in London. Plus, his record collection is more dope than yours. Please welcome to the pod, John Moses. Guys, thanks for having me. What a... What a comfortable setting this is. <laughs> we aim to please at Shea Uncle. <laughs> the Pork Palace. <laughs> Comfort is our priority. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, thanks for being here, my friend. Yeah, and we're That's talking good. about uh, one of your artist's new albums on the show today, isn't that right? Yeah, we're talking about uh, Bradford Reed's It Will Be a New Record by the time this comes out, right? Yeah, it's not out yet, but by the time this gets released to the public at large, it will be out this podcast defies time it's very cool mm-hmm. oh yeah we, we jump all over the place you never know what time it is <laughs> time lord science <laughs> well anyway thank you guys for being here it's been a couple of weeks lord knows we've been listening to a lot on spotify jesus is king just dropped oh, so i'm God. saying right now that none of you are allowed to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i could say the words <laughs> i think that ryan's review just now 
and all one syllable of it is perfect. <laughs> tweet it. Tweet it now. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. We gave Ryan the password to the Tunes and Tumblr's Twitter, and we're still waiting for the other foot to drop here. I just wrote my review in the inside of the porta potty at the uh, Santa Clarita um, construction site. Uh, <laughs> There's actually there. clues all over town to find your way there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more time than you will spend listening to that album. Anyway, enough of dragging Kanye. So what do you guys been listening to over the past week? And don't forget, we have a minute timer now, so you can't rattle on and on about what whatever like chill wave band that you've been listening to. Mm, who needed to hear that the most? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's good. We, we spent $2,000 on this hourglass mm-hmm. from a from a an unnamed uh, um, Duke. <laughs> yeah, it's weird how expensive it is City. when you don't get like the whole board game that comes with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can start. I mean, unless you want to, I think it sounded no, like you me. had a thing. I have the CD right here. I got this over at uh, the the Amoeba Music. Go ahead and turn that sucker. So this is a, a sludge metal album, sludge metal funk album by Spec Rejek. It's a Harvester compilation that he put out. You guys can see this great art. And it's sludge metal, funk, and it's disgusting in every way, shape, or form. The art, the music, uh, everything about it. But it yeah, ripped, like it ripped impeccably to my iTunes. Grace Note <laughs> got it perfectly, which I wasn't expecting. Oh, oh man, wow. that is a look. And I'm uh, going to post the album art on the um, on the article so people can enjoy the heck out of this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... I mean, I, I recommend it. I, I honestly just recommend going to any section at Amoeba, and if the staff likes something... Just buy it. Don't even think. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they're not going to be there for much longer. No. So that's what I'm listening to. So Beautiful. Dope. We still have time. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go. So today I've been listening to uh, an album from earlier in the year, uh, Outer Peace by Toro Imoa. Oh, um, I, I just love the album. Um, mostly one song I've had on constant repeat is Freelance, which is like a dope mm. little, it's electronic, it's funky, groovy, poppy tune. Really, it just made me feel good because Mondays kind of suck. So it definitely, uh, it definitely brought me up a little bit. So yeah, I've just been jamming out to that in my car all day and um, it's been great. Car. I suggest it. Wow. Humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think I did that in like 30 seconds. Beautiful. Amazing. Maybe we should lower the time limit. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So I've been listening to this new artist named San... F- Let me start that again. I'm listening to this new artist named Sam Fender. He is an English singer-songwriter. Very young and kind of doing like... The best way I can describe it is like... Bruce Springsteen meets like indie rock. It's very melodic. Mm. He he has like these born to run chimes like in his songs and he's got this one song called uh, Will We Talk um, and it's just like a song about a one night stand but it's like the most gorgeously composed song. Like I'm running on the treadmill. I'm openly weeping. It's, it's great. I highly recommend that one. You're openly weeping? Yeah, people are coming up and asking me what's wrong, and I'm just like, why are you talking to me at the gym? (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I've been listening to. Wow. Damn, thank you for opening up. (laughs) You're welcome. This is mostly my therapy, because my therapist keeps postponing our session. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta get another therapist for this therapist, it sounds like. I'm just like really busy right now, and like I just don't have the time, and you deserve someone who has the time. (laughs) This is what an HMO will get you guys. (laughs) 
Yeah. You can't say that. What about you, John? What do you got? Uh, I've been listening to uh, this guy, Joel Kynan, who is based out of San Diego. He's the brother of Waves, you know. Um, oh, yeah, Waves. sure. Yeah, the landlord. Uh, played in the band TV Girl. He also collaborates with his brother uh, in a band called Sweet Valley. And he just has a record that came out called Chamber of Eyes. And it's sort of Prince meets bedroom pop. Um, oh. And he has a single that came out I really like this year that's not on that particular EP. Uh, but it, the whole video, it's called Paradise, and it's him rubbing... It's him in a pool drinking beers and rubbing various sauces on him. I guess the idea being wow. that's his um, conception of paradise. Is, uh, is he watching me on wow. the weekends? I was going to say, we, ha- we have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's inching towards a copyright uh, <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> What's his name one more time? Joel Kynan. Joel Kynan. K- uh, K-Y-N-A-N. Joel Kynan. And you said he was involved with TV Girl? I think at one point, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's a pod well. favorite that's right good. there. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right. Well, I was going to say Prince meets bedroom pop. I already considered Prince bedroom pop. I need to hear this. (laughs) In the purest sense of the word. Yeah. In the most literal sense. Well, I think we've been chatting outside for long enough. So, John, if you don't already know, Tunes and Tumblers is a bar, or we like to pretend it's a bar. It's our bar. It is the Pork Palace. It's um, <laughs> got this neon sign where only about a third of the lights are still on. <laughs> but you know what? It's our bar, and we like going there, and no one can tell us differently. But we need to get in the bar. And in order to do that, we need to show the bouncer your ID. Did you bring one for us today? Yeah, guys, I understand uh, rules are rules. And <laughs> I brought what I could because uh, obviously I've lost my California state identification. But so first, I wanted to bring one item that shows that I'm on the grid. So this is a recommendation from Amazon that they sent me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they they said hello John we found something you, we think you might like and it is uh, the classic children's novel uh, Strega Nona are you guys familiar with it? <laughs> Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's about an old woman with a giant caboose who can't stop making pasta. <laughs> by, by Beatrix um, Potter. <laughs> and it just as a backup, I have my uh, Hilton, what is this, honors uh, card. Wow. Uh, and I'm a blue member. I don't know what that gets me, but it, perhaps it gets me in this right, Hold on, you got to pass this around. Show the, rest of the, uh, show the rest of the class. Wow, look at the, <laughs> the Hilton. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. Are you, are you more of a, a Marriott man? <laughs> I'm a La Quinta man. Thank you. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Yeah, good. Ryan just and says things that are purely like the city of Van Nuys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. The, yeah, Van Nuys guy. This is the, you, this is, oh wow, the USA official sponsor. So this was of a time. Yeah. <laughs> The Olympics weren't always around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is gorgeous. And I'm starting to think that Gerald will just take anything. Um, So we're we're good. He actually looks impressed. I've never seen him. (laughs) I think he's just getting a collection of people's things. Which is... (laughs) 
This is so funny. This is so good. <laughs> I've never, seen, to, I've never that, seen him shake a guest's bril- hand before. That's brilliant. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to post this Amazon recommendation. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. Dude, it's, it's so I do you order, order books a lot or what? Not books, but so much pasta in bulk. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. You'd enjoy this story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what will become of you if you keep buying pasta. <laughs> you will become Stregonona. Yeah, I basically am at this point. <laughs> well, welcome to our bar. Thank you. Um, like I said, it's a little dingy, but you know, let's get comfortable. Let's pull up the sofa that needs to be reupholstered. Also, why is there a sofa in this bar? <laughs> I didn't drag that in. <laughs> So, tell us what we're listening to today. Do you want to take it away, Ryan? I, I guess I could, but maybe we should let John do it. I mean, he's the one who, you know, uh, is putting the dang thing out. That's um, right, yeah. So, yeah, tell us about this Bradford Reed album. So, That's... the album is called What's Good for the Goose is Good, and it was recorded, I think, over a period of one or two years, uh, improvisational sessions. It's avant jazz, which I realize is sort of different for this podcast so I I appreciate uh, you guys enjoying the record and being willing to talk about it but it focuses on uh, Bradford's instrument the Pensalina which is something he invented himself uh, years ago he's known for his street performances in the 90s and 2000s and bringing this Pensalina on the streets and weirding people out um, with this contraption but it, it focuses on the Pensalina and how it relates to more of a traditional jazz ensemble. So you have uh, folks on the saxophone, guitar, piano, synthesizers, um, a lot of sort of famed experimental instrument instrumentalists uh, in New York joining him on this record. And it's just interesting to hear that balance between um, his creation and maybe what you'd hear on a normal jazz record. Right. So where does that, the pencilina, so that, does that come because he used to, when he, when he first invented it, he'd play it with pencils. Is that the origin behind the name of the instrument? That's exactly it. Okay. <laughs> I thought, well, I saw that somewhere, but I didn't know if that was like a joke. Or, yeah, it is. Yeah. I running this label. So Youngblood that's run out of New York, uh, where my friend Nick Conklin, uh, operates and here in LA where I live, um, Bradford lives in New York, so I have yet to actually see the Pensalina in person. I've only seen videos of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you watch those early videos, he's banging on this thing with pencils. It's, I guess we should probably describe what it looks like. Yeah. Have, did you guys watch? Did you, did you see any of the I footage saw some of pictures this thing? Of it. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I saw any footage though. It's it's um, there's a couple videos like from back in the day, but like. Um, it's hard to know where to start with it. I mean, it's basically like two... I mean, you might be able to describe it, yeah, it pretty it looks, well, but... I mean, it's like, I guess, laid out sort of like a slide guitar would be. Right. Uh, right. And sure. then you have these two... It looks like two Frankenstein guitar necks. <laughs> yeah. And there's some sort of electrical inputs um, so you can amplify the sound. And he's able to get... I mean, again, he can play something that sounds more like a jazz record it can have this sort of eastern twang to mm-hmm. it um but i've also there's videos of him just playing full-out rock songs splitting his hands between the drums and this pencilina to sound more like a guitar so it's a really versatile instrument because yeah. there's there's bells on it too there's he's got bells, the bells yeah. and you can hit anything and every vibration relates to the other so you never really know i mean it, it's like it almost seems like and he's constantly updating it and changing it. Like the instrument in itself is like a, 
like um, uh, almost improvisational in and of itself, right? Yeah, like he's constantly sure. updating it, and like it can constantly, yeah. And so it's wild. Like it's hard to imagine being a musician playing with that, which is why the record's so cool. Yeah, you I can mean, see. I mean, it's yeah. just it's interesting. Not only that he's created this instrument, but he's also mastered as as well. And I mean, per I think. Uh, the music on this particular record and sort of his statement with the record, it seems like he's sort of mastering this thing in perpetuity. Yeah. Um, well, that's very cool, but I think that we need something to go along with this, something maybe a little bit outside the box, something avant-garde in itself. It's a lot to live up to, to be sure, but I think I can try for sure. Um, so when me and John were discussing, you know, this album and we did discuss, you know, the instrument and it's all um, very jazzy for sure, like very, um, everything's playing off one another. Sometimes it's a lot of noise, but even then it makes sense. Um, and I, I told you, you know, when I listened to it, I, I sort of got... The feeling of being in like a cold, lush, green forest, you know, with all this weather coming in and out, you know, fog and and you were like, yeah, that's totally it, you know, and like you, you brought in this idea of like a stormy drink, which I really liked. I thought that was a really cool idea. So I tried to capture a little bit of all that. You also said you liked whiskey, so it was a good place to start. Um, so I tried to capture all that in this drink. And so what I've done is... Um, I wanted to stick with whiskey and green being the main themes here. So I've got some Irish whiskey because green. Um, and then I got a liqueur called chartreuse, which is a liqueur that is really um, herbaceous. It's um, aged with like, I think it's like 130 like plants, herbs, things like that, like all just sort of organic material that gives it a really like really intense flavor. It's sweet. At the same time, it can be pungent and spicy and it's very aromatic. So you don't have to use a lot of it, but it definitely brought in the, um, sort of the nature component to it all. Um, something very fresh. Um, so that with some whiskey and then, um, just added some mineral water to it to just sort of calm it all down a little bit. Um, and then, I wanted it to have, I wanted the drink to have some sort of like a, like a cloudy, like you said, stormy component to it. And so what I did was to even make it more green, um, I found what's called, um, pearl dust and you can find it and you can find it at any like craft store, like place that sells any sort of baking things. Um, so it's pearl dust and I promise you it's completely edible. Like you're not going to die. so I got green pearl dust and it has this sheen to it and it gives the drink this like cloudy nebulous effect. I thought um, you were putting glitter in the cocktail, honestly. I mean, it kind of is, but you can eat it. Mm. <laughs> so it gives it sort of that stormy look. And then I really wanted the fog. I wanted the fog so bad because it was it just, I, I was like, it has to have it. So we're also putting dry ice in the drink and we're keeping it safe. We're putting it in these little um, encapsulated like stirrers so that it doesn't touch your lips or anything. And it just, I mean, it'll bubble over with fog. And so it's got sort of the storm going on in the drink. It's green. It's fresh. And then it's got the fog rolling in and out on top of it. Um, so just trying to get all those ideas that uh, came from the album in there. And it just so happens that at time of recording, it's the week of Halloween. So it looks on point for the week, yeah. um, which wasn't really like intentional, but it just sort of worked out that way. Very aesthetic. Yeah. So we have these beautiful looking drinks in front of us. But what I do think you call it? Add. Oh, oh yeah. we're calling it uh, the it's I named it after the instrument. 
this the, is the pencilina. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we should uh, give Bradford the recipe. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be sure will. to send it to him. No, All right. This is awesome. He'll be like, Let's... I don't drink. Thanks, though. <laughs> <laughs> the pencilina penicillin. <laughs> pencilina penicillin. So, Ooh, look I've at added... That the dry ice and it gives it this cool bubbling sound and the bubbles sort of churn the drink and give it it sort of makes it look all cloudy and stormy on the inside um so yeah this is your pencilina (laughs) love it wow (laughs) cheers guys cheers cheers Cheers. i can't reach (laughs) somebody delayed cheers Okay. So it was just a gentleman's knowledge <laughs> <laughs> from across the table. Wow. Mm. So this is a very interesting episode for us. I mean, we're used to working within like the pop sphere. Um, this is our first uh, foray outside of our comfort zone. And I have to say, I like what um, we're, we're kind of doing out here. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your backstory before we got into uh, Bradford and what's good for the goose. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Young Bloods? Like, how did you start this record label? Sure. Yeah. So I know my label partner Nick just from our college days. We used to DJ the same radio station, WRUV, and we DJ out all the time. Uh, we both had a love for electronic music, and we sort of fed off of each other in that sense. Uh, Nick moved to New York after college. I went to grad school. Um, but we were looking for a way to stay in touch and kind of keep up that relationship within music. And so we decided to start a record label. Nick used to work at uh, Kumbancha Records, which is a big world music label, oddly enough, based in Charlotte, Vermont, which is where I grew up. It's a very small town. Um, and so he kind of knew what he was doing. And I... I was learning about the music business. I would follow suit and try to chip in where I could a lot of the times uh, that sort of manifested itself um, with drafting contracts and trying to set us up in the licensing world. Um, And our catalog has sort of bloomed in a beautiful way. I think at its most basic level, it's headphone music of all shapes and sizes, but uh, it, it really is sort of like a... Congress defining porn. It's if we like it, we we notice it. That means, <laughs> yeah. um, there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, we put out hip hop records, we put out jazzy records like "What's Good for the Goose" is good. We put out slightly more dancey records. Uh, sort of, it runs the spectrum. But I do feel like there's this ethereal umbrella it all falls under. Is that what you're looking for when you go out searching for young bloods artists? Not even necessarily. It's just, I I think, going out and trying to find something you like. And I I mean, a lot of the times, it, you know, as you build your catalog, your network grows in the sense that, um, you know, you sign one artist or you do a record with one artist and they say, oh, hey, I've got a friend whose music you should really check out and sort of blossoms in a really organic way in that sense. Um, But then sometimes, you know, especially in Bradford's case, like he... He did some of the music for uh, the Adult Swim show Super Jail. Oh, um, wow. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend and I would watch that all the time. And, you know, the first time we saw that, uh, for, I guess, listeners who haven't seen the show before, it's almost... <laughs> I, Ryan, you've seen it? Yeah. Yeah, visually, I guess tonally it is... Um, 
Willy Wonka meets like Schoolhouse Rock meets Yellow Summer. I mean, it's very uh, psychedelic. Yes. So anarchic um, too. On its yeah. face. Yeah. And then at the very end, the credits hit. They're black. Uh, and this aggressive it almost sounded like somebody throwing a metal like trash can down some stairs it just hit me so hard i was like what the <laughs> hell is this this is amazing um and it ended up being one of bradford's uh pieces and i looked him up online i saw the videos of him playing the pencilina and i had kind of a, an email open for the longest time being like ah, i really want to reach out to this guy and you know finally you do and you start a conversation you you know, harbor some sort of mutual appreciation of one another and it turns into a, a record. So it can happen a number of different ways, but it does feel like kind of fandom is the base of that. I think that's a really cool way to approach it. I always think like, especially nowadays where um, uh, everything is so curated around what it is that you like. Like everyone has a brand essentially and the brand extends to your taste in music and it's it's very interesting that you've been able to make that into a career um, yeah i i mean it's it's been fun like sometimes running a label completely sucks and sometimes it's really great <laughs> and like both those low peaks and high peaks are uh, equally satisfying at times yeah well very cool um let's talk a little bit about this record guys mm -hmm. um i remember not knowing what to expect ryan was just like i got one for us it's a little bit of a weird one and i was like yeah <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs> um but what struck me immediately is how atmospheric it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't usually listen to music that is just mood, like 100% mood. Um, I, I want to uh, I, I want to open it up to, like, what, what did you guys picture when you listened to this? Like, what came up for you throwing this record on? Hmm. Oh, boy. A lot of I mean, I've already kind of talked about it. Yeah. Um, with the drink. It, it was just that. I felt like I was lost in this huge forest lost but like not afraid of that at mm -hmm. all i don't know it, there, there was a lot of times where it felt like there was a lot of chaos and a lot of like um just just like bubbling emotions at a lot of times it was calm and just like very i don't know it was relaxing at times it, it was a lot of different things and it just felt like um it, it it felt like it was every song was just sort of like finding its way to the end like from beginning to end which was really interesting to listen to um it didn't feel like there was a like it it, it didn't feel like it started with any goal in mind it just went and when it found it it found it improvisational yeah. Um, right yeah i loved i loved that I loved that feeling when I was listening to it and uh, like you were saying it's all mood like Ryan was asking me he's like hey so like what do you think about doing this album? I'm like, hell yeah. He's like, well, what do you think about it as far as like making a drink? I'm like, that's perfect. I'm like, that's all I try to do with all of them. I'm like, this album is like, ambient music is nothing but mood. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. I, I, I think that's an interesting point and it's something I wanted to talk about. When I listened to this record, I experienced the closest thing I could think to synesthesia, um, yes. which is like, you know, tasting or hearing colors. And um, like, I would just feel like this is orange, this is blue. And and it's really cool that you were able to manifest that with the drink. Like you, it, it kind of just exercised into a visual and tasting medium. Right. Um, and I think that's, what's so interesting about jazz. And I, I don't know why there's this meme that jazz is bad. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> jazz is so rich. Yeah. Like, uh, what about you, who, Ryan? Who, who, who does, who does that meme? Jazz is bad. I mean, 
You got to just show them Cowboy Bebop, these internet people. <laughs> show them Cowboy Bebop, give them the jazz soundtrack. There won't be any more jazz as bad. The, the White House Guaranteed. is just cranking out these movies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, know who was, you know who didn't like jazz? Henry Ford. That's true. Do you know about that history? No. I want to hear this history. Oh, boy. This might be a different pod. <laughs> just type in, you know, go in and, and crank up your search engine and uh, go, go to bing.com, <laughs> altavista.com. Throw and, some coal in the furnace, get the internet going. <laughs> and, you know, um, yeah, type in like uh, Henry Ford Jazz uh, Square Dance and you will find out why schools in California still do square dancing. You know, he was not a fan of jazz. So maybe the Square Dance Society from Henry Ford is cranking out these memes. Something to look into. <laughs> you know. Some Illuminati shit. But uh, each thing, or uh, sorry. No, yeah, I was going to just cue you in to like. You're going you're gonna to bring me back, yeah. back, <laughs> back to Earth. Really in. <laughs> back to Earth. No, yeah. Um, no, but let's see. I mean, each thing kind of did a different thing for me, I feel like. I mean, for. Um, uh, the waves of wind through tops of trees, um, which, by the way, before I get into, it, I think the like the titles are so key in this. Yeah, and some people don't. Some people that it's not a thing to them. Like titles don't matter. I think they're hugely important, especially with ambient albums. Yeah, like it's hard for me to get excited or like get engaged with something that's just like untitled one through twenty. But like these titles are so good. I mean, I just spent like fifteen minutes just reading the titles and I already had already went somewhere with the titles so like what was that with the clouds when the um oh uh, clouds cuts fathers i mean that mm-hmm. it already evokes so much with that the business of leaves and streams yeah it's, it's good it's so evocative it's a good prompt i think yeah exactly and it almost i mean you could probably speak to this better than us john but it almost feels like these were kind of themes that they like like you know you you just kind of like put a sticker on something at the end so you can kind of remember like this is what this session was all about it's less idea and mm-hmm. then song more like song and then idea. Yeah. 100%. Hard to know. Bradford probably could speak. Well, I, mean, or how, I mean, maybe you can expand. I mean, did that, when how did we that... talk about marketing the record, um, that that's definitely a conversation we have. And I know some of these song titles definitely have more personal stories attached to them. Uh, clouds once fathers being one of them. Some of them, I think, uh, you know, maybe there's not as much of a rhyme or reason to it, but, um, absolutely. They definitely kind of tell a story in themselves uh, before pressing play. Absolutely. I mean, that the beauty of it is it also, as much as it can guide you, it also, I, I didn't feel, I felt really free listening to it. Like, I didn't feel like I was being pushed anywhere to, even though the titles are somewhat specific, you know, like birds of pairs of dice, birds of pairs of dice. Yeah. That was a good one. I think I just, yeah. I think I just got it. Saying yeah. it, like, <laughs> no. say it out loud. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> Where are you going to go now? Oh well, this changes everything. Uh, no, but that, that one was really interesting though. That one almost felt like, um, uh, it had like hints of exotica in it. Yeah. Like a little loungy, like kind of, um, kind of those weirder space lounge exotica records, like a mescaline fueled bachelor pad. I think that, I mean, that's one thing that really drew Nick and I to this particular set of music by Bradford. I mean, we went through a lot of different side projects and unreleased records and this one jumped out as being so many things wrapped into one. I think, uh, you know, at points it's really minimal. It's really lush at some points and dense. Uh, it's not quite jazz, but it also isn't not jazz. I mean, it it touches a lot of 
uh, points for us, um, just as music fans. Um, a big jazz fan. We don't do a lot of records like this. And so when we stumbled across these recordings is kind of a no brainer. So he sent you like a, there was a, some stuff to choose from, from this thing. Yeah, over, you know, part of that a was a conversation um, between Bradford and Nick, uh, just meeting up in person. I, uh, you know, at first I was telling Nick about the music and I sent him like that end credit song from Super Jail. And he's you know, like, what, what the hell are you talking about? I said, look, just go meet. Like, I know something good is going to happen if you guys yeah. go meet. And something did. You know, they went through a bunch of sessions and he said, I've got the perfect stuff for you to listen to. But he had sent a, a few records back and forth. You know, there's kind of a greater conversation of fools. So how are we going to make this a reality? That's great. I mean, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm. Uh, I was going to take our conversation in a slightly different direction, if that's okay. Please. Sure. Um, yeah. So listening to this, I was like, kind of having like an open dialogue about like, you know, where we can go with this. Um, and I think that this uh, record is positioned very interestingly for us because I think we're currently in the middle of an ambient music boom um, with the popularity of 24-hour channels like lo-fi hip-hop beats to study slash relax to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I kind of want to open that up. Why do you think these things are so popular right now? Why is ambient music having this kind of windfall? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Do you have an immediate answer? No. I mean, there is a... It's a tough one. We've put out, I think... And I don't know if I'd put this record in that category, but it's a conversation we have as a label all the time is, you know, we do put out some stuff that I think would fall within the ambient realm. And the music that seems very successful um, within the ambient world always has some sort of concept or story behind it. Um, there is this other, again, marketable element to it that I that drives sales and interest. And you see a lot of ambient music out there that's just that. It's just tones in the background and people maybe push it off to the side. And so, but there's also, I think, a difference between balancing concept with what maybe comes across as overly pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I don't quite know where where to straddle that line just yet, but you you know sometimes a record will come out. I'll see it on Bandcamp or Pitchfork. It's like how the hell did they you know get this placement? Or how do they do this? And then you see something else that, in my opinion, is just as good. And maybe the difference is uh, just conceptualizing it as a a whole or as a project. It also has to do with, like, who's pushing it. Yeah, definitely. Who's your A&R people. Yeah. Um, One thing that I thought of in particular with uh, ambient music and and just kind of, like, post-rock or jazz, anything that's that's more, like, background, what you said, headphone music, um, uh, is I I think, like, it has to do a lot with where our generation is socially. You know, millennials were, like, a very overworked, underpaid uh, generation. The gig economy is huge. Like, we spend all of our off time hustling. And to me, it's like, if you can just come home, you can just put on music that just kind of overtakes you, that you don't have to, like, actively listen to, that kind of gets you into a space and relax. Like, that is a huge plus. And I, I think, like, that's why we're seeing that, at least to me. What do you guys think of that? I think that's definitely a really good point. I think also... 
like just as far as why you know it's so much more widespread now it's probably just because of like you know there's such an oversaturation of of media and we're we're everything's like so much more accessible now right Mm -hmm. and we're constantly um we're constantly craving new music more music more music more music and so it it leads everyone down this k-hole on spotify or youtube or whatever and so odds are that a good amount of people are just going to find all kinds of different things they're they're Playlists and recommendations are going to take them so many different places. So, I don't know. I think with so much available to us, we become open to a lot more. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I was thinking about this when I was writing the piece for our uh, our Halloween episode, and I was listening back to to Jess talking about what she was listening to, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm just listening to like Nintendo chip tune," and I'm just like, "You would never be able to find that right. like 10, 15 years ago." Right. And now there are whole playlists that you can find just by typing in like oh that was really cool i like that donkey kong song and then there's a whole rabbit hole for you mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's i think that's part of it too just go straight to the spotify chip zone playlist and yeah <laughs> there you go chip zone. <laughs> yeah, fresh we have... finds chip zone <laughs> oh john we didn't mention this earlier but anytime you mention a song or an artist on this podcast it goes straight onto the accompanying playlist you can make our listeners listen to pretty much whatever you want so, so if i were to talk about like shaggy then <laughs> it's on the playlist yeah it's on the playlist is there a particular song or I mean, are you thinking of? He just did that uh, collaboration with Sting, didn't they? Like win a Grammy? <laughs> oh, really? Oh my god! Uh, oh yeah! It oh was yeah! Something that I saw a billboard for. I was like, "What is going on?" And, and then... now it's on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, that came out, and then they did like an NPR Tiny Desk concert. Yeah. Too. Oh my god! Terry uh, Gross really got at it with them. <laughs> Steve Shatakis was, you know. <laughs> Uh, don't have a joke there. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought it would come it's to just me. his yeah. name. <laughs> <Thought it> was... <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it Steven Skeep or Steven Skeep? Do we know? I, I NPR only... heads. Somebody I'm unaware. Yeah. Skeep. I, I'm gonna, yeah. Somebody I'm sh- sound off in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show my ass right now and say that I only listen to Terry Gross. She's my only NPR personality who I follow digi- diligently. Oh, I mean, so, that's a, digitally that's and diligently. Yeah. <laughs> digitally diligently. You're not a fan of Lakshmi saying. Uh, over my head now. <laughs> don't say it. Oh, I'm not gonna... <laughs> oh boy. Um, oh, yeah, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we're so yeah. Is that? I mean, do you think of like? I mean, it, it must be so weird to think about like these kinds of playlists when you're signing stuff. Like, is this gonna fit into? It's not ambient coffee jizz jams. Yeah. <laughs> is this gonna fit into Bible study Sundays? Is this you gonna know? fit into Republic of Pi two p.m. to five p.m.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun fact: today that was everything I listened to in the year two thousand six. <laughs> That's where I was earlier. I mean, the short answer is this record obviously fits into those. <laughs> <laughs> You can hear it anywhere. Um, but no, I mean, you know, the the whole point of running the labels to release music we like. And I think, you know, the conversations that we have with the artists before we sign them mostly are about feeling them out as people. Do we get along? You know, if you start working on an album with somebody and you've signed paperwork and set in stone, uh, and you guys aren't getting along on a very basic level um, or don't have some of the same, I guess, it, it just ideas as to what one another like or what your expectations are, then it's going to be a rocky 
five months or however long that cycle is, you know, to even just putting out the record, let alone then you have a relationship with that person afterwards. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's feeling them out and talking to them and Bradford and Nick and I all have a lot of music in common. Uh, Nick's met him in person. They really like each other. I've talked to him over the phone, big fans of him. So it's more so about, uh, just who they are and what their music's about maybe more than it is uh, you know can we land this on Fresh Finds the Cyclone right yeah, yeah. I imagine that's yeah not, <laughs> not in the mind but you know yeah. it's it's the reality I guess of the world in a way to me that like some of those could probably fit in there if you had to pick some but I feel like this is if you're adventurous and you're wanting to venture if you just want to venture this is something for that I think it's very good that we're able to uh, be more adventurous with what it is we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this may be our most adventurous one to date. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I hope that you lovelies out there will too. You definitely will. Does he have any plans to come to the West Coast? Man, I hope so. You know, I think because so many of our artists are based uh, in New York, seldom do I get to host oh. any Young Bloods artists or have some right. shows. But every once in a while... Uh, we do, and you know, Bradford does travel with his music quite a bit, so it's uh, it's very possible. Maybe you can speak to this a little bit, and this is kind of an aside, so I might have Drew take this out later. But can you tell me his affiliation with King Missile? I, I don't know much <laughs> about his affiliation with King Missile. He also played the Blue Man Group too, which yeah. I find equally impressive. But you know, I, I, it could have just been the right scene, right time. Um, but I know he was involved in production. I think. Uh, performance with some of those early records. Yeah, I just I remember when I was uh, doing all my research to have you on here, and I looked into that. I'm like, wow, this guy is such an eclectic background. Like he's just into like these weird avant-garde things. He just does whatever he wants. Yeah, it, it's cool too. I mean, part of I think the narrative for this record is just his ability to straddle both. Kind of the extreme avant-garde where he's creating his own instrument that seems to make every sound (laughs) to uh, being able to work on like cable TV shows. I mean, it's just it's you don't see that a lot of the times where somebody's able to be both mainstream and outside of that. Um, so successfully, it's a dream career. It's a dream, honestly. Career. I we mean, wanna... we got to get this guy. Sorry, in Walt Disney Concert Hall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, forget amazing. who's in there now. I mean, <laughs> who's playing that? Who's playing that? You know, that husk of a two, <laughs> ce- two cellos. <laughs> two cellos. <laughs> Rodrigo E. Gabriella. Come on, let's get Bradford in there. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. Folks. If you want to see Bradford Reed playing the Walt Disney Concert Hall, uh, please write the hashtag. Uh, Bradford for Disney. <laughs> Tag us so that they know where it came from. All right. Let's make this happen. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan that's going to be on you. You run the Twitter now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're coming up to the end of our discussion here, but we can still have a little bit of fun before we go. It's time for our favorite game, Hashtag Mood. Hashtag Mood is a game we like to play at the end of every podcast where we have a bunch of pre-written moods that we've stuffed into the head of the beautiful, lovely, (laughs) if grossly disfigured Mrs. Potts, who you see before you. (laughs) Head body. Just like a Picasso rendering of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Edward Munch and... Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, 
Love it. So each one of us reaches in there, grabs one mood, and has to come up with a Spotify playlist of four songs to accompany said mood. Without further ado, who wants to do the honors and get in there? Ryan, you want to okay. yeah. show our guest how it's done? Yes, absolutely. Please. Okay, so got a good one. Um, it is Saturday morning, and you're watching Marley and me again. But this time, Marley doesn't die at the end. To your surprise and relief, you immediately start telling all your friends and family. They don't believe you. <laughs> um, it's like the Berenstain universe. <laughs> the the, Ber- the Berenstain universe? Yeah. The Berenstain the, Bears? The Bears? Yeah. Have you not heard about this conspiracy theory? They Tell think me. that. So, like, we two parallel universes crossed because, like, people remember Berenstain being spelled E I, mm-hmm. but it never was. It was always A I, Berenstain instead of Berenstain. And so people are like, well, the universe must have collided with another one. This is a whole Reddit. Yikes. It's like, it's like the thing with like um, Kazam and some people think it was Shaquille O'Neal and some people think it was... Um, yeah, some people think it was... Uh, uh, Sinbad. Sinbad. It's definitely Shaquille a, O'Neal. They think Sinbad was in a movie called Shazam. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't exist. It was between Shazam, the Baron Stain Bears, uh, <laughs> what in Chemtrails, I'm on board for all three. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's dive in. So... Um, it sounds like in this scenario, um, I've watched this many times. I'm used to uh, being upset at the ending, but this time it's a happy ending. I'm going to go with the classic 70s uh, hit from the band Lobo, You, Me, and a Dog Named Boo. Um <laughs> I'm seeing blank stares. Do you know it? John knows it. (laughs) That's a great one for traveling with the dog and a significant other. So it's a good, happy one. So now after I've gotten on the phone, I think it's going to be, it's, it's clear that, um, things are not going well for me. Um, and that, you know, I'm being uh, gaslit a bit. So I'm going to play, uh, I think the next song is going to be strange things by Randy Newman from the toy story. (laughs) Uh, Strange things are happening to me. Oh my. Um, because I don't know how else you account for it. That's pretty perfect. So then I'm going to go into the cramps with the tracks Beautiful Gardens, Oh My Oh Me, What Has Come Over Me. And uh, <laughs> it's about psychedelics, but it seems to also be about being overtaken by psychedelics in any sort of force. And in this scenario, something's going on. We just don't know yet. <laughs> this is getting dark. I'm yeah. going to move inwards, though, and I'm going to go with Spoon uh, TV set. Because it's all, I'm just going to go back to the tube, and I'm going to keep going back in it, because it's the only people who believe me. It's the only thing that makes sense, and uh, they don't talk back in the TV. So <laughs> that's the end of this. Good kind of mood. That's <laughs> like an absent father's response about like why he's not spending time with his kids. <laughs> the TV doesn't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Uh, <laughs> mood one. Mood one. <laughs> Should we go in a circle as John next? Yeah, John, I, I can take do it. it away. And that was so good, and I feel like my selections nah. are so surface level oh, and please. so antithetical to all nah. of the music I support. Um, so this mood, and it's a big mood, hashtag big mood, <laughs> send it to the socials. Um, <laughs> Somebody send it. <laughs> so your significant other just dumped you. 
Obviously, the only logistical solution is to have an epic night on the town that you can upload to your Insta story. How else is everyone going to know that you're fine? In quotes. <laughs> Which makes me think, I'm not doing okay. Um, so naturally, I think to kick things off, and oddly enough, this song was in my head this morning. Uh, we're going strong with the Mighty Mighty Boston's impression that I get. Oh. <laughs> with those triumphant horns. And uh, I feel like, you know, what, it's 9 p.m., 10 p.m., you're about to hit the town. That's what you want to hear before you're going to go get it. Got some Hell yeah. And yeah. we're going to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, obvious, Smash Mouth All-Star. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, you're watching Shrek before you go out, and you're feeling good. Uh, and then, well, you know, maybe it's 1 a.m., uh, things aren't going so hot. It's not what you thought when you were listening to the Mighty Mighty Boston <laughs> and Smash Mouth, and it's only a song that a horribly blackout person could enjoy. Uh, Crazy Town Butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> the era that all of these are coming from is such a mood in itself. <laughs> well, let me take us from that big mood and get to the biggest mood of all. <laughs> the mood setter himself. We're going to end the night alone in your bedroom with some uneaten microwave food. Bernard Herman, the theme for Taxi Driver. <laughs> Uh, only Bernard Herman can oh, truly capture the deep sadness, but also the sense of romance. Uh, the sense of romance. That lies deep within you when you've been broken up with and have nothing to live for. Uh, so those are my choices. I mean, does he know? Oh my God. Do you wow. know how Taxi Driver ends? Oh yeah. Not well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ends, quote, fine. Wow. It ends fine. What a transition for from butterfly day. Uh, wow. So where else are you going to go from there? Oh, well man. Well done. Bravo. Thank you. You really short sold yourself. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you had nothing to worry about. <laughs> wow. I'll go. I don't want to, but I'll go. <laughs> so I got this mood. Go ahead and relax. It's going to be a while. <laughs> oh, wow. This is a tome. The mood is, you're sitting at your office desk. It's 3.30 p.m. And your workday ends at 6 p.m., but you've checked out and slouched into an unfocused state long ago. A car alarm sounds in the distance. Is it yours? Maybe. <laughs> but you're too lazy to get up and see for yourself. <laughs> as soon as the alarm stops, your attention moves back to to staring blankly at your computer screen, only to be ripped away by the oncoming sensory overload of a tremendous sneeze. <laughs> you, try, <laughs> you try and hold it in, but your sneeze is too powerful. So powerful that you fart loudly in front of your office mate. She takes off her headphones and said, what did you say? Oh my God. You definitively, almost defensively reply, oh I didn't say anything, Stephanie. <laughs> In synchronized fashion, you both put your headphones back on and continue to sit alone together in silence. I don't even want... Signed, D.L. Hughley. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I don't even want to hear the mood. I just want to read more of this book. Oh, my God. All right. So, lots to work with here. Um... A song that I think uh, would go with this <laughs> obvious malaise that this person is feeling at their desk. Um, there's just uh, it's it lasts right in by Green Day. I just feel like it's got that like 
that like slow dragging like dun, 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 dun. I think it works pretty well and then the alarm goes off and nobody cares by super organism <laughs> oh wow <laughs> nobody gives a shit and then you're about to sneeze and out of your ass comes this gust of wind by Pharrell <laughs> <laughs> what is that when does that come out yeah, is dude, that an older a deep cut. that's a deep really yeah, I think so it? yeah him, a... and, him and uh, he had his so, it's like his last solo album that he did and like him and oh. Daft Punk collaborated girl? on it Damn. Oh, yeah girl it's a b-side track um, I really like that song <laughs> but I feel like it it works um, and then Stephanie's trying to fucking blow up your spot <laughs> try to tell everybody did you say it. something I said it wasn't me by Shaggy. <laughs> Shaggy makes his second appearance on the playlist tonight. I felt it was I felt Full it was circle. fitting. Yeah, I felt it was fitting. So there's there's the mood. Oh, this man. mood needs to be framed. <laughs> it's like it was torn out of a page, like a page of a book. Yeah, let us know when you finish the novel, please. Yeah, I found it in an ark somewhere. <laughs> Anthony, oh. I think, uh, yeah, you're Bringing last, up man. the rear. Up. All right, here we go. You're running for Palmdale District Attorney. God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> An obvious Ryan mood to begin with. <laughs> no one's tougher than you, but your voting base doesn't know that. <laughs> Convince them with a playlist. All right. <laughs> So I all like the, the challenge at the end of that one, yeah. it's not like it doesn't leave it open. It's like, this is your moment. <laughs> so we're just going to give you excerpts from my campaign speech right now. <clears throat> First off, I'm yours, Jason Mraz. <laughs> Offer myself up to the, the voting public. <laughs> In all of their MAGA hats, <laughs> I'm your DA. <laughs> they have all of their speedboats parked at the, the Palmdale Reservoir. <laughs> the Palmdale Reservoir. Are you standing on like a floating <laughs> fucking pallet yeah, in the middle? <laughs> yeah. I've only been I've only driven through Palmdale you can't make me do more than that <laughs> um, up next is I like America and America likes me by the 1975 very good <laughs> who are you trying to convince there Maddie <laughs> and uh, next I've got to distance myself from those heathens so I'm gonna hop into I am not a whore by LMFAO <laughs> <laughs> But you uh, like to do it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of blank stares, though, so I'm going to put my put my hand over the microphone and turn to my campaign manager and go, am I doing it right? By Alex Leahy. Oh. <laughs> wow. So relatable. <laughs> As a voter. It started so strong and then just downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, Palmdale is a key, key county. <laughs> you cannot make me live in Palmdale. I'm going to call into all of my cabinet meetings. <laughs> he actually has a place in Burbank. I love the idea of a politician walking out to I'm yours. <laughs> like, for a rally. Like, I feel like Hillary. At, at Edwards Air Force Base. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised Pete oh, Buttigieg that, hasn't done that. She probably. <laughs> she would have learned how to play it and see <laughs> Just chilling at Edwards Air Force Base. What was the name of the? What did she um, walk out to the Grand, the, the Rachel Platten or what was that? Oh, song? I don't the, remember that. The oh, fight song. Fight song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't get less offensive than uh, no than yeah. fight song. It's very me- it's means tested. It's focus group to death. Yeah, just <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it, yeah, it just works. <laughs> Still waiting on uh, fight song too, Rachel. It's your move. 
All right. Well, that sound that only we can hear means that it's last call. And there's Jared's beautiful... Jared? Gerald's beautiful mug. That's why he doesn't like us, Anthony. (laughs) Have I been calling him the wrong name this whole time? I don't know, but he definitely acts like you have. (laughs) He also lost a finger in a fly fishing accident. Trying to save his sister. (laughs) I, you know, we really do... Trying. If one of our fans... (laughs) It didn't end well. (laughs) If one of our day ones who's listened to every episode can compile just a list of all the Gerald Highwater facts and email it to us, we would be forever grateful. We literally just killed off Geraldine Highwater. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And I think a fun way that we could close off our session tonight is... Uh, we're all record collectors here. Let's go around the circle and just say like the name of a, of a fun, obscure record that we have in our collection. So John, why don't you take us away with that? Oh, this is so this is a pair of records, I guess. Uh, it's by Joseph Bird, who in the fifties and sixties, he was really instrumental in crafting electronic music. And I think he was associated with maybe some schools in the New York area. So perhaps he taught, uh, the craft of uh, orchestrating electronic music, but he has one record uh, called Transcendental Dandy, uh, which is patriotic songs all translated to the synthesizer. Um, And then he has another record uh, under the name Joseph Bird and the Field Hippies. That's more psychedelic rock, but it's quite good. And there's uh, a lot of strange skits thrown about in that record in particular. I don't know if it's necessarily hard to find, um, but it's not one I guess I've heard about a lot. Um, And it's one I always go back to. Wow. Very cool. And now you can listen to it yourself. Wow. (laughs) What about you, Pedro? So this is... This is weird. Um, do you guys ever remember a time, maybe back you were in like junior high? Um, sure. They had, they would give out these, they were like, the, the discs were the size of like GameCube games and they would put them in the lids of like fountain drinks and you could collect them. They no. were like lid tracks something it was crazy wow. I, think I, I, I think I got it from like a Sbarro's or something at a mall <laughs> the only thing that the only good thing that ever came out of Sbarro it was a trip it, it was it was similar to like you know those little like chip tracks you could put into like a tiny little I okay. remember those it was something like that but they were these tiny little discs and they had like four songs on them by these artists that I'm pretty sure you know they were trying to come up and so there was one track on it that like stuck with me forever. It's called uh, "What You Do to Me" by uh, a band called Boomcat, and it's this brother sister duo. They're Kellen and Taryn Manning, and Taryn Manning is actually um, from Orange Is the New Black. She's the actress who plays. Uh, I, think, oh. I think she's called Pensatucky. She's the crazy one who like yeah. tries to kill her in season one. Um, I anyway. have I have a Boomcat song. It's called Reckoning. Okay, so they're like this electronic pop duo. It's the most bizarre fucking thing but it's a good pop song and so that's like one of the most obscure things I've got I didn't know that Pensatucky was in Boomcat that is amazing so it's it's a track called What You Do To Me sorry do you guys have picks that are more obscure than that you got that at a Sabaro (laughs) (laughs) we're just (laughs) we're gonna just end it now no Ryan (laughs) oh we're going to me yeah we're gonna go to you okay Um, I, I, I pride myself in collecting the strangest things I can find 
I love instructional records. I love um, uh, functional records that really aren't meant to listen to while you're there, you know, necessarily. So I, I have one. I have one called um, "How to Teach Your Bird English." And, uh, it's, uh, I think it's called, I think that's just what it's called. Teacher bird English. And the first side is just this, like this person explaining, um, you know, I'm going to say a few phrases and you play this record and play it for your bird. You don't even have to be there. There you go. And it's just, then it's the bird saying everything. So you can hear what the results are going to be. And it sounds terrifying because the bird sounds like this and it's talking like that. Come on. And it gave it the creepiest phrases. So, uh, it is so yeah, fucking yeah, scary. Heard, yeah. Tell me a bird story. Uh, so it's, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff. The best kind but, of story. <laughs> yeah. There was one night where we just sat here and listened to it. And it was How high were you? Not at all. Not at all. Not oh at all. I don't allow weed into this apartment. Turn the lights off, throw that record player on. We're straight edge. Some bird stories. (laughs) We find the straight edge. It's headphone music. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they, um, but I love stuff. I have another one, Sebastian Speaks. It's just a a record of a German shepherd barking for two sides. (laughs) And you put it on when you go out to the cinema or the discotheque. Amazing. <laughs> Dope shit. <laughs> you got Drew. Also, you got Drew with that one. Okay. So that's I'm, that's I'm, what I got for you. I'm sitting next to Ryan's record collection, and right at the top is uh, Sesame Street Disco. If that gives you any sort of indication of the kind of place that we're in right now, yeah. king shit. <laughs> and and my pick is honestly like less cool than anything they're going to talk about. But I was gifted this um, a, a year ago by um, my my friend who used to play in jazz fusion bands in the 90s and so he loves jazz guitarists and he loves Bill Frizzle and he gave me Good Dog Happy Man which is a four side um, acoustic guitar jazz album and it hits hard like you just throw that on and you go bake yourself a meatloaf and (laughs) bake yourself a meatloaf (laughs) it hits so fucking hard (laughs) you haven't had my meatloaf Pedro (laughs) that's a fair point that is a fair point but anyway Kurt if you're listening like thank you so much for that record it's amazing and I listen to it whenever like I have to prepare for a dinner party nice Mm -hmm. amazing all right and that's about all the time we have today. But before we sign off, John, is there anything that you'd like to plug today? Yeah, you can catch me um, at late nights on KCRW. My schedule's variable. But if you're up between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m., it's very likely you'll hear me uh, playing some strange music at the witching hours. Uh, you can check out our whole catalog uh, for Young Bloods, weareyoungbloods.com. Um, we released a lot of great music this year. It's maybe one of my favorite years we've done um, as far as releases go. And you can follow me on social media. Um, you won't be able to see what I look like. I don't post my face very often. But um, if you're curious of my whereabouts, it's at John on the air, J-O-H-N, no trick spelling. He's the drill of the music industry. I'm the drill. <laughs> John the drill. John the drill. <laughs> We're coining that now. I hope you like your new nickname. That's fine. <laughs> There's your new Instagram handle. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Tunes and Tumblers. 
Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. That's at Atwood Magazine on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and also Tunes and Tumblers. And if you've got anything that you want to tell us specifically, hit us up on tunesandtumblerspod at gmail.com. We love getting emails from y'all and responding to them. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. cheers.